0: well here's a here's a real question honest sincere question here does chris ever ask you to help him reach things that are up high
1: (laughs) hope talk a pcm podcast
0: so we've got pat barrett with us here pat barrett is a fellow georgia uh resident i guess you'd say i'm not a native of georgia now are you did you grow up in georgia
1: i did i grew up in atlanta i mean everyone says atlanta I grew up in a suburb of Atlanta called Snellville, where the, ta- the tagline is "where everybody's somebody." Oh, there you go. Whatever, whatever that means, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, but I grew—I grew up in Georgia. My wife is from Georgia. Our, all our family still lives in Georgia, so we're—I mean, we're here.
0: We I've been a, a transplant of Georgia now for I guess 27 28 years. So this is all that my grown kids all they know is is Georgia. They don't remember Louisville, Kentucky or anything like that. You say you lived and everybody says we live in a suburb of Atlanta. Basically, if you don't live at the Varsity, you're a suburb right. of Atlanta, right? Is that how it's called? Oh going? yeah.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, you'll meet people that are like, I'm like, where do you live? They're like, I live in Atlanta. I'm like, well, we're in Atlanta, and they'll give you a spot like two hours away. Yeah. And even then, I'm like, yeah, we'll count it. We'll allow it. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, but, but I've got family that lives in Atlanta, and if you've got to go from one part of Atlanta to the other, it may be four miles, but it may take you two hours, depending on the time. Oh, yeah. You, you,
1: gotta, you better pack a, a snack. <laughs> so, when you, when you go into the varsity, what do you have? What do I have? Oh, we get well, it depends. Naked dogs always good. I, I get the chili dogs, I get the cheeseburger. I always am like debating onion fry or onion rings or fries. I never I never know, but I always get the uh what's the drink called? Orange Frost, frosted
0: orange. Orange frosted. Always. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Always. I hear Non-negotiable. You, I Non-negotiable. Hear you. I hear
0: you. So, husband of Meg and you've got three kids. H- how old is Harper Grey now?
1: Harper Gray is nine. Nine. Crew, yeah, Crew is seven. And then Cash, little Cash man, is uh, three and a half.
0: Three years old. Okay, what have you learned most from your kids this past year?
1: Gosh, I have learned that I'm an awful homeschool teacher. I have learned that. (laughs) Mad respect for educators everywhere. Wow. I have learned that. You know, one of the things that I that has stuck with me is it, it's just been a new normal. Everyone's had that, but my job had so much traveling built into that, and I don't think I've I've fully realized like how much my kids have come to expect my traveling to happen. And some of that's fun because they get to come with me. But some of it comes with like, you know, the worry and you just miss dad. And we haven't had a lot of missing dad. I've just (laughs) been home and they've loved it. So there's been like a um, such a deep quality time together that we're not that's just kind of new for us. That I hope we don't actually lose, you know.
0: Yeah. Now I've seen uh, pictures and I've seen videos of you where you've gotten to take some a couple of your kids on the road at a time. What is the? What do you think is the is the the thing you look forward to most about taking your kids, your family, on the road with you? Or what are some of the biggest challenges when you take your kids and your family with you?
1: Right. I mean, the challenges. Gosh, I don't even know where to start. Let's, <laughs> let's just start with uh, lack of sleep. <laughs> And every challenge that 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 spurs on right there. But I mean, one of the best parts about it is for me, it it helps me feel more connected to my real life. My real life, my everyday normal is with my kids and with Meg and having traveling and having that be like integrated feels to me. So it feels like holistic, like when I go out to lead worship for a night and my kids are there, I feel most normal. That's because that's what my life is. Um, Now don't get me wrong. There, there are amazing times (laughs) where you're just like, no responsibility. You know, I get to (laughs) sleep in those are joys, but we just have, we have so many traveling memories now that it's just a uh, it's just such a unique thing. I think about our, our family is like a lot of our memories have happened in different cities, which is really, which is really cool. Like I had a lobster roll in Portland, Maine with my daughter And that memory is burned. It's in my mind forever. It's just such a unique thing.
0: Are there any kids' movies that, honestly, Pat, you enjoy
1: more than you think your kids do? Oh my gosh, Uh, yeah, because they're all like geared towards low key towards adults. It seems like like you can't watch the movie Up without like crying a little bit. (laughs) You know, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Up would be one of them. I I love that movie. I've seen Moana more times than I can even care to count, but I really <laughs> like that movie too. I like animated movies. I'm I'm kind of like I'm here for it.
0: Gotcha. Did you have one growing up a favorite one growing up?
1: Growing up would probably be I loved Peter Pan. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was a, such a part of my upbringing and my dad was in like theater, so like we would go to like I've seen Peter Pan live where the person's connected to the wires and they're flying from bed to bed in those scenes. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just amazing. <laughs> like, that just, it taps into my eternal youth.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, worship is such a big part of your life and always has been. Do you remember that first that first time you really feel like, hey, this is what worship is? I mean, I grew up in gosh. the church. And so I went to worship services since I was, you know, the week after I was born. But I remember in high school worshiping for the very first time, I felt like.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I agree. From Weirdly for me, even growing up in the church, there are so many church services and, and, you know, youth events that I, I was at whether I wanted to be there or not. So I would connect my one of my first memories to a time in my life where I chose to be there like worship as a choice and that would have been around like 14 15 years old i remember going on one of those like classic youth group week-long trips and that i chose to be on and i chose to be a part of it and worship as a decision for me i think started there so i think that's kind of burned in my mind gosh i haven't thought about that in a while what a great it's a really precious memory but it's a really great question because I also remember during that same time hearing the message um, paraphrase for the for the first time in my life yeah and that was really one of the one of my initial memories of scripture coming to life for me it was like wow like all the verses I grew up with but like in my own language so those two memories are kind of like connected to me
0: So with your kids, are you pushing or, excuse me, are you slightly encouraging them to be musical in any way? How do you go about doing that?
1: I have not in any way forced, I think. (laughs) I think I'm being (laughs) honest about this. I mean, they've grown up around it, whether they like it or not, you know. So that's always in the air. My daughter has taken a really strong interest like in piano lessons, vocal lessons she's writing songs which is kind of not something i ever forced her to do i think she just sees me doing it all the time so that's been really interesting to watch actually like she is on her own really curious and and actually like really energetic about learning and and wanting to improve so my other boys they're just kind of like you know they're i don't know them yet but my daughter for sure
0: Now, are you still? Would you still consider yourself a worship leader at at Grace Midtown there in Atlanta?
1: You know, I'm not on staff anymore. I was, and I haven't even been in a church since last March. Wow, (laughs) which is which is crazy. Yeah, you know, I think I know in different parts of the country things are. It's just so wild. Like, it depends on feel like what week you talk to somebody. But um, I mean, when I think about that church, it totally feels just like I spent too much time in there for not to feel like home. You know? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I am actually really curious. The next time I'll actually be in the room.
0: When, when you were on staff, how far in advance did you plan the worship for each each service each oh, week? Oh gosh, I was. Was it that morning? Was it's like, rude. hey, let's rip out this one. Let's do that one. Or
1: Honestly, yes, I was the world's worst worship pastor. <laughs> I would get like Saturday night, like, hey guys, sorry. I mean, I would see any worship leaders who would hear this, like you'll know this, planning center has like a specific type of green I would almost see planning center green in my sleep. I was always just like, Oh my gosh, I have got to upload this set. And a lot of times, like I try out new songs that I was in the middle of writing. So I'm like uploading a voice memo from my phone. So even if I did get it out to the band, they were like, what am I listening to? (laughs) Just you mumbling into a phone with your guitar. Like, is this the song we're playing or so I was always last minute notorious notorious last minute
0: now the band is actually called house fires that's how you got started there and uh uh, at the church and then went from there into being a solo artist which has more pressure is it more pressure being the quote unquote front person of the band or being a solo or sing yeah solo artist
1: there are equal pressures they're just different so when i was a part of house fires that was like high high emphasis on group collaboration and that's just a different type of leadership than hey guys, it's just me. <laughs> you know, there there's a um I, I don't mean this in a negative way for for the solo route, but there is a a loneliness at times, like like more like functionally lonely. Like when I travel, sometimes it's just me. As opposed to if you're a part of a group, like you're showing up with just a mob of your friends and you know, there are times when I really I miss that, and really think back and cherish. I cherish a lot of those memories where you just got a big group of people, and you're you're all together. I do think there, in doing an album, there is it is a strange feeling to to get done recording a song and be like, okay, what do I think? And only me. Yeah. <laughs> that's there's pressure there that is is unique.
0: Now, does, uh, would you say your wife is more involved in your career now that you are a solo artist or when you were in a band?
1: Oh, gosh. I mean, our family's been involved in everything. I think she is, Meg is such an encourager to me, and she's also a truth speaker as well. And I just really value that. So like a lot of times for us, there's, it's got to feel whatever decision made, it's got to feel right. Not just for me, it's got to feel right for our family. And if it feels right for me, but wrong for our family, then it's wrong, you know? So that there is a big element of, of we are doing this together. Like this, even it may be a solo record quote unquote, but it's not, it's a, it's a group effort on the family side. It's even a group effort with a bunch of writers who are involved and producers and, um, You know, on that side of it, there's, there's still a humongous like team element.
0: People may not know this, but Pat Barrett, basically, I don't know if you call it your big break or whatever, but it's when Chris Tomlin um, stole, I mean, uh, uh, got the song Good, Good Father <laughs> from you. So, uh, so one of my friends, are you going to be talking to Pat today? I said, yeah. He said, ask him what, I, the question I asked him is, what does it feel like to have your best, your biggest song stolen by Chris Tomlin? But that's not how it worked. I know that. Not at all. So, but but you, you became, and, and Chris actually kind of brought you under his wing as a part of his label imprint from capital records bauer and Bo. can you explain the difference for those that may not understand between
1: a label and an imprint absolutely um which i'm sure i do not I, you uh, they all look different right but in general there is a a record label so in my case it would be capital cmg sparrow records in in nashville and an imprint what what, what imprint does it? allows someone to partner with a label a record label but also add in their own flair to it in their own guidance what chris did with that is he around the same time i was looking to do a solo record he was toying with the idea of opening up an imprint so that he could take some guys under his wing and some i say some guys from people whoever that would be artists men women whoever and uh i showed mentorship and be a voice and on their, their road. And for me, what was so amazing is when I dreamed about doing a solo record, which I was not interested in aside from my wife bringing up the idea. And I did not like the idea at the (laughs) beginning. I was never interested in that. It was never like my five-year plan or whatever. But when after I told my wife, no, I said, well, I would be most excited about doing something like that. If I could somehow partner with, um, Capital CMG and Nashville and Chris Tomlin, but I don't know how that would ever happen. Are the words that came out of my mouth? I haven't shared this a lot, so it's kind of awesome to share. Like then a few months later, I found myself in a room with some guys from Capital and Chris, and we were talking about my you know dream scenario of what would be most exciting about releasing music as a solo artist and the partnerships that would be there. So Chris's voice, like for the albums and the songs and the writing, has just been. I mean, I can't say enough how influential he has been.
0: As a mentor over you and being on his imprint, uh, does he, like, give you projects you have to do and turn in at a certain date? Or do you have, like, fines <laughs> like, you got to study like for? Homework. Yeah, homework. Does he give you homework <laughs> or anything?
1: No. Dude, I, what's amazing is he is, uh, I think, what's, what's unique, I call him a suit. I'm like, Chris, are you, like, a suit now? Like, you're, you're like, the, the boss, man him being an artist himself, he just has such a high value for making sure that I don't have any expectation to be someone I'm not. Yeah. yeah. And he's always encouraged me to that. And like, Hey, you know, this is your album. These are your songs. This is your voice. Like, what do you want to say? There's never any pressure to, to, to in any way put on, you know, a different Saul's armor, so to speak something that just doesn't fit me or, or whatever. So, he um i don't get homework but what i do often is when i get done writing a song or something i'm excited about i'll send it to him and get feedback and we have like really great honest dialogue when it comes to song choices and the album as a whole and um you know always always a sounding board always willing to to dive into the weeds to talk through the road ahead and and um, so, I guess in that way, it's homework because <laughs> it's a lot of work.
0: <laughs> well, here, here's a here's a real question, honest, your question here. Does Chris ever ask you to help him reach things that are up high?
1: <laughs> like, I, I, he hasn't, but I now and now it's a goal. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm ver- I'm vertically challenged, so I can say that. I can
0: say that. <laughs> How tall are you? How I'm five you? foot eight, so he's I've got him by a little bit. I'm five foot
1: eight. I mean, I'm I'm only five eleven though. There I mean, go. I know, I
0: know. So good, good father, being being the the, the co writer of that, and this is cool. I, I did a little bit of research here. From what I understand, your daughter had something to do with this song with Good Good Father.
1: Yeah, she. There are so many influences for a song. Like there are direct influence, and then there's like the indirect influences, you know. And around that time. I had, I say recently, she was probably two or three years old at the time. Like I'm embarking into what it feels like to be a dad myself. And and along those lines, watching my daughter grow and, and trying to think about like, or not think about, but being so highly aware that the word father is such an experiential word. like we usually always put an adjective in front of it. So like present father, patient father, impatient father, like, like it involved, not involved. Like I knew that she would always use her relationship with me as her first reference point to her relationship with God. Wow. And I think there's a, there's just a realization in that, that is so profound. So that song is I'm, I'm in the middle of being a father, of my own self and, and, wanting to be an example to her of how much God loves her and obviously not a perfect example. Um, but hopefully a living example and also trying to get down to those foundational questions that we all ask and have at some point in time, like what is God actually like? And I would love for her, I mean, this is aspirational, right? But I would love for her to say like, Oh, of course I know that God loves me because my own dad has loved me. Yeah. Oh, of course I know that that God wants, my father in heaven wants the best for me because my my father on earth wants the best for me. Why would he be any other way? You know, like I I would hope like that link would be made. And so I was most certainly walking through all that at the time.
0: Did you have any idea it would be a kid's book? I mean, I got to get a copy of that for story time with Uncle Ted,
1: you know. (laughs) Yeah. A book, a kid's book. No, no way I would have ever dreamed that. And there's actually, I mean, the story of that was so fun because – it was just like an idea that Chris had brought up. Like, Hey, I just think this would be such a great conversation point for kids and, and their parents. And I'm thinking about a kid's book. Like, so we started throwing back and forth ideas and I have on my side of the family, my mom's side of the family, I'm related to Don Freeman in a distant way, the author of Corduroy. So like I have like children's book jeans, (laughs) things in my, yeah. In the, in the DNA maybe, but, but I remember having phone calls with Chris that were so funny because like it almost like, hey, if there's a recording of this conversation, make sure you burn it. Cause we just sound like, just like we're out of our minds. We're like, hey man. Hey, did you get that email? Yeah, yeah. So what are we thinking? Like safari creatures or woodland creatures <laughs> with things? Two really important routes we can take. Like, like you're having these conversations with a grown person. <laughs> like I don't think it should be a, a village of giraffes. I think it needs to be a village of raccoons. Feels really important. <laughs> like you're, you're talking through the most obscure, fun, wild, <laughs> like creative processes. And it was so new for me. And oh my gosh, I just had a blast doing it.
0: That is super cool. All right, some of your other songs, Morning by Morning, uh, Canvas and Clay, Build My Life, that one took off here at J103. Everybody rallied around that one there. Um, In fact, I think that may have, other than, you know, hey, knowing that you were the co writer of Good Good Father, that was the first little song. I'm like, wow, yeah, this is, he's really going somewhere. And then you've got this brand new one. Now, I know it's going to take me five minutes to read the title, but (laughs) Act Justly, Love Mercy, Walk Humbly. Uh, Tell me about the new song that's just released. I mean, Duh, right out of scripture.
1: Right, it is. It is a, uh, the verse is Micah uh, 6, 8. And there's so many songs on the album that are actually directly out of scripture, which for me, I love. I am, I'm one of those people that I just have to hear something a million times to let it sink from my head to my heart, you know. And singing scripture is just such a great way to kind of get it in there. My dad's a pastor, so I grew up around that verse all the time. But what I started to notice over the last couple years for me was the types of song, uh, songs I was writing. They weren't; they were all categorically worship, but they were just a little different, different categories. And I love that verse because it presents a life with God and a journey of faith where it includes your entire life and not just one part of it. And I loved that. I love that God doesn't just care about what you believe in your heart. He does. He actually cares what we do with our hands, like the way we live our lives outwardly. And it's all deeply connected to him. So the song is about, to me, it's about the things that God cares about most. And when Jesus was asked, hey, Jesus, what's the most important, important commandment? Like there's a lot of words in the scriptures and the font is very small and you know, Help us out. Like, what's the most important? And he said, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength." And the second is like it: love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets and the scriptures hang on those two things. And so, the song for me is is it's a recentering song to make sure I don't get caught up in things that aren't important. And there are things that matter to God and. Our opportunity to align our life with him in that way is, is a great honor and privilege.
0: How long has your wife let you keep that Tiger wallpaper up in your house? And did she know that you were going to put it up?
1: <laughs> you have done your homework. Okay, let's go
0: this is all social media this is not me with a pair of binoculars looking through pat barrett's window in in, uh, in, in wow. atlanta
1: <laughs> she she was very much a part of that decision so that is in the like the music room in our house and i just want that room to be such a wild creative eclectic vibe anyway so the tigers on weirdly on the wallpaper makes sense and i'm trying to I'm trying to get into golf too. So maybe that's there, that's sinking in a little bit.
0: There you go. Okay. How do you finish this sentence, Pat Barrett? If I have to blank one more time at home, I'm going to scream.
1: If I have to hide in my garage to do one more podcast, I'm going to scream. <laughs> Which is what I'm doing right now, but it is quiet in here, so I actually don't know if I hate it that much. Yeah,
0: I feel almost like we're doing like a little carpool karaoke here, because I'm in the car with kind you, of. almost. You, you know? are basically, yeah. What, what yeah. kind of car am I sitting in with you right now? Uh, this is a, this is a Dodge Durango. Okay, all right. So it's still manly. It doesn't look like the minivan yeah. that i that I'm perceiving no, it to but I,
1: yeah but i have i have a minivan i got i don't i'll rock the minivan with pride you know let's go honda odyssey i'm not even sponsored but there i'm very go. happy with the vehicle <laughs> there you go
0: this is a, this is kind of an insider question here i just bought a at christmas time my wife got me a brand new pair of like sparkling white tennis shoes okay nice how in uh-huh. the world do you artists keep your tennis shoes so white all the time? I mean, I I look at the forecast before I go out that day. I look Mm -hmm. at my calendar to make sure I'm not going to be walking anywhere in the grass or the dirt. How do you all do that?
1: I'm about to give you insight into my personality that not many people know. I refuse to keep clean shoes. (laughs) I don't even even care for the way clean shoes look, (laughs) which is so weird. So I bought, this is not a lie, I bought a brand new pair of white chuck taylor's a white pair of chucks a couple of years ago first thing i did when i walked out of the store i put them on i rubbed my feet in the parking lot and i dirtied them up wow first thing i did because just because i want to get it over with like it's going to happen anyway of so being bummed just,
0: out about it you know
1: yeah so let's just do it let me let me make the decision when they get dirty first instead of like being disappointed because i'm Expecting to keep them clean. Like, no, just walk out of the store, rub them on the ground, get it over with, and go about your life. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: things you'll learn about Pat Baird on the Hope Talk podcast yeah. <laughs> here. So, Pat, if you could drop it all right now and do it, what would you be doing?
1: as a, As a job or just, like, in general?
0: In general, right now. If you could drop it all and just do it, what would you be doing?
1: I would take my family and we would buy plane tickets to Europe and we would see all the places we're currently not allowed to see because we can't get in. Yeah. I want to show, I mean, that that would just be so fun to me would be to like caravan and travel and, and um, we're, that's just such a value for us. Like one of the things like my mom worked for Delta growing up. She was a systems analyst for Delta for, you know, 30, 40 years. So like, I grew up traveling, and one of our one of the things we want our kids to feel like growing up is that the world is small, and that we are all really connected, and that there are different cultures and different people, and it's all so beautiful. And so, um, not being able to have that as much has been like we're itching. We are for sure itching to do that.
0: Well, sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't, from what I understand. When you and I share a favorite candy bar, Almond Joy. Let's go! Them, that's Almond right.
1: Joy. That's a, that is not a fan favorite. A lot of people do not like the Almond Joy. Do
0: you understand the distinct difference between Almond Joys and Mounds, though? What's the difference? Oh, my
1: gosh. Yeah, it's like nine days dark chocolate, milk chocolate. Most people think it's just guys, the nut. Oh, my gosh. But it's totally see, different. That, totally different. So, can we just say for the mature palate, yeah. Yeah. That's right. You cannot get away from that distinction. I mean, it's 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 everything, really.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Pat, thank you so much for hanging out and spending time with us today here on the Hope Talk podcast. My very last question for you. How can we, our listeners, us here at J103 and PCM, how can we pray for and minister to you and your family?
1: Gosh. I mean, for us, we are we are already in obviously the same boat as anybody else. We life has taken turns that are unexpected. And I think for us a great way that listeners could pray as they think about it would be that as a family, we would continue to hear and sense um, the leading of God and, and have the courage to take those steps. Really. I know it's simple, but it feels like every three months for us, we're like, okay, what's, what does the next step feel like? What do we feel like is happening? I never want to go through a year and go like, wow, we didn't even like check in with, (laughs) you know, with God of like the direction. So we always, we're trying to just always stay like in tune, you know, so that would be, that would be the best way.
0: Awesome. Well, can I pray with you real quick, Pat? please. Father, I just thank you so much again for uh, my brother here and I thank you for Pat and God, just what you're doing in and through his life. I thank you, Father, for his obedience to you, his faithfulness to you, his family, God, and how much they love you. And Lord, I thank you for the great job that, uh, that Pat and Meg are doing raising those kids and that, Lord, they truly do have a good, good father in heaven and a great father here on earth, too. And so, Lord, I pray that you would just continue to help them to check in with you every day and with each other and you would just continue to bless their steps and guide them through uh, whatever it is you've got for them and whatever it is you have for all of us. We love you and we thank you, Lord. In your name we pray, amen.
1: Hope Talk, a PCM podcast.